0: are listening to What Do Scientists Do? A show where we talk to expert guests and learn all about their favorite science topics. My name is Jessica and today I get to talk to Michael Metzger who teaches us all about the science behind batteries. How can we make electric cars better? What are the different kinds of batteries and how do they work? Let's find out. So hello everybody and welcome to What Do Scientists Do? It's a show where I interview a different guest each episode and they teach us all about their favorite science topic. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. Could you give us your name and your pronouns please?
1: Hi, I'm uh, Michael Metzger, he, him, I guess. And um, I'm really happy to be here.
0: And I'm happy that you're here. Uh, what kind of scientist are you, Michael?
1: So. Um by training i'm a physicist and then i changed direction a little bit uh got a phd in chemistry and now my research at dalhousie is kind of in the middle i would say between physics and chemistry so we do research on lithium-ion batteries
0: cool so lithium-ion batteries what kind of uses do those have
1: well we're pretty excited about um our battery work because i mean the nice thing about it is that it is very applied and that you know you guys can find it almost in all aspects of your daily life so you know we all have our phones in our pockets right which use lithium ion batteries then i guess you know the bigger scale would be to use batteries in cars electric vehicles and then you can even find like huge lithium ion battery systems that store energy from Uh, wind farms or uh, solar solar farms for uh, our electricity grid.
0: Cool, so what's the difference between lithium ion batteries and maybe other types of batteries? Like are the batteries in your phone and in your remote the same?
1: Yeah, actually, um, so that's a good question. You know, definitely there are other battery types like uh, uh, we call them primary batteries. They can only be used once. And uh, you know they are often used, and you you brought up remotes, right? These small electronic devices which you don't use that often, really, and you don't need to recharge. So you can use these primary batteries, and then unfortunately they need to be disposed of. And as you guys might be familiar, the let's say chemicals that are in there are not so benign for our environment. So we really try to uh, move away from this primary battery technology. And especially you know, when you talk about larger devices, like phones, cars, power tools, you want batteries that you can recharge, that you can use many, many times over, and those would be lithium ion batteries. So they are called secondary batteries, uh, as opposed to primary batteries, because they can be used many times um, and you just have to recharge them to get the energy back
0: cool so what are you trying to work on right now like what is the goal of your current research or some of your current research
1: yeah so we're pretty fortunate uh here at dalhousie university where we do our research so i should firstly maybe say that it's not only me who is working on lithium-ion batteries here at dalhousie in fact um i am uh in a big team with um, two other professors one of them is called Jeff Don, and the other one is called chang Yang. And together, we have a big research group, I would say about 30 to 35 people, and we work in a partnership with Tesla. So you guys might be familiar with Tesla as a company that makes um, very nice electric vehicles. And um, of course, at the heart of all these cars is the battery technology, and we try to support them with their battery technology. So we do research on, I would say all aspects of lithium ion batteries. And just to mention a few, so we're very concerned with um, the cost of current batteries. So if you buy an electric vehicle or your parents buy an electric vehicle, Unfortunately, they are still very expensive, and a big part of that is the lithium-ion battery, which uses materials that have a certain cost, you know, and we try to use materials that are cheaper in the battery cells that we research here. So that's one thing. The other thing is uh, lifetime. So we want to develop batteries that can really last uh, for many thousands of these charge and discharge cycles. That we mentioned before, and you know, this can result in cars that can go like um, more than a million kilometers. We have recently shown this in our lab that something like that is possible. Very good batteries, and then we also work on increasing the amount of energy that is stored in a battery. We call that energy density. So we want to make them as energy dense as possible, so that cars can go on a single charge. They can go a further distance. And then a big topic for us recently is to use more sustainable materials. We're really concerned you know, with um, things like cobalt or nickel, even lithium. The world has not an like, unlimited supply of this, right? So these are minerals that are limited and that need to be mined. And if we could, for example, replace lithium with uh, sodium, which is very abundant, you can find that in seawater and it's really very abundant in the Earth's crust. And it wouldn't be a lithium-ion battery anymore. It would really be a sodium-ion battery, but it would be much better for our planet because we have just a huge supply of sodium, so the batteries could be very cheap, and we could have a whole lot of such batteries to move all of our cars to uh, electric vehicles and store a lot of renewable energy. So this is something we are actively working on.
0: So those all sound like things that would be super useful um, for everybody and for the world you mentioned developing cars that can go over a million kilometers right now so a gas-powered car can electric-powered vehicles usually go farther in their lifespan or not as far as gas-powered vehicles
1: so um you know this uh, example with a car that could go a million kilometers of course that is not a real demonstration or so that we did right but um, we did develop the battery that would be needed to build such a car and we showed in our lab you know in continuous charge discharge tests so that is a bit different from what you would do in real life so we just cycle the battery let's say in a day three or four times and if we do that over many years that amounts to so many cycles that you could calculate that a car let's say if it would do 300 kilometers on a single charge which is possible it could go over a million miles and um, that's 1.6 million kilometers so this has been demonstrated with the batteries that we build here and that means really that you know what drives the electric vehicle is possible to achieve such a long distance. But of course, there are other parts in the car that need to hold up. So, you know, a regular car, maybe after 300,000, 400,000 kilometers is definitely at its end of life because other components just give in. But um, if you maintain a car well, then there is no reason, at least from a battery standpoint, why it couldn't go that far.
0: So it's really the other parts of the car probably that would stop it first before, at least before the types of batteries that you were um, looking at.
1: Yeah, but I have to say also that actually electric cars, you know, they have less problems with things like brake pads or all the mechanical components that are used for what we call an internal combustion engine. So the engine that burns gasoline, you know, these are very complicated machines, right? and in an electric vehicle you can replace that with a much much more simple battery and electric motor so there are very few parts that can break down so actually you know in that respect i guess electric vehicles have an edge over our regular combustion engine cars
0: cool so i have a question more for you now how did you end up um becoming a battery researcher how when did you decide that that was something you were super interested in instead of um maybe pursuing a phd you said you did a phd in chemistry and did physics before that right so why did you choose to make that switch what kind of um, taught your imagination with batteries
1: yeah that's exactly right jessica i first did physics and then you know was quite excited about all the concepts we learn in at the university, uh, doing physics. So, you know, there are many different careers that you can pick when you finish your studies in physics. But um, I was really interested to continue in science. So I decided I would stay at the university and do a PhD. And at that time, I definitely wanted to focus on something that can be applied to the world. And, you know, it's not, let's say, a topic in fundamental physics where you maybe study atoms and electrons and particle physics and so on, which is super interesting. But I wanted to do something which is applied and which actually can be used in industry and in our daily lives. And as so often, you know, when you um, choose a career path, it's very unclear where you end up. It's really like a bit of a uh, shot in the dark, I would say. But uh, the one advice that I can give um, maybe to all of our uh, listeners, it's always important to you know, surround yourself with good people and people that are inspiring to you. So I was very fortunate to find my uh, supervisor of my PhD, uh, Hubert Gasteiger at the Technical University in Germany, who's a scientist there working on batteries and fuel cells. And the topics that he worked on really um, kind of uh, excited me. And I had the opportunity to join his group and do work on lithium-ion batteries with two big companies in Germany, BASF. That's the biggest chemical company in the world. They make materials for lithium-ion batteries. And then BMW, they, of course, are also interested in electric cars. So for me, at that point, I really knew that I kind of found the field that I wanted to stay in because it was the perfect mix between you know, interesting fundamental research that you can also apply to real world problems.
0: Cool, so you kind of found the middle ground between engineering, which is, does not always have much of a research aspect to it and doing like really abstract research that average people may or may not even be able to know about very easily.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the other cool thing about batteries is that uh, it's a very interdisciplinary field, we say, you know, it's uh, something for everybody kind of, you know, in our group. In fact, we have, you know, physicists, chemists, people that do material science, engineers, process engineers. So we have students from all kinds of uh, fields at Dalhousie University. And that's the nice thing about research in batteries that uh, you can approach it from many angles and it can sometimes be very fundamental, sometimes be very applied. So it's it's really at the boundary between, you know, engineering, physics, chemistry.
0: I love that. I love anytime you get to do a little bit of everything. So um kind of switching gears a little bit. What is your favorite thing that you've ever gotten to do with science in general?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. So um you know, definitely we do pretty amazing things in the lab and I'm always super excited about experiments. In fact, there's one experiment right after we're done here. I have to go to the lab and check with one of my students because I'm very curious about what comes out. And these are the nice things that you can do every day, you know, when you do research and work in, in a university setting. But outside of that, I think my favorite thing was uh, visiting the Kennedy Space Center in Florida and seeing an actual space shuttle that went to space, which is displayed there, this was pretty amazing. And they do a fantastic job at giving you the tour and um, showing you all the rockets and space shuttles. So this is a really awesome place. And I hope many of our listeners will be able to go at some point.
0: I will second that. I have also been there and I also very much it <laughs> out. Um, I also am a big space, Enthusiast, I guess. So I also went to the Candy Space Center, and it was also probably one of my favorite things I've ever done. Yeah, so cool, right? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was good. Um, I went when I was in high school, though, so that was a while ago. But <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's your favorite thing that you've ever done of all this different stuff. It's so sometimes just spaceships
1: are yeah Yeah, it's pretty Um, amazing and uh i mean you know i'm not the biggest space nerd and so on i would say but i'm definitely excited about it and i also find all the work that tesla well i guess it's uh elon musk's other company spacex is doing on space travel and um, reusable rockets that's really very revolutionary and pretty exciting
0: Yeah, are there battery applications with those as well, or is it not as much of a concern with the reusable rockets? It's more of a fuel thing.
1: Well, I guess for you know coming up with enough propulsion to leave the Earth orbit, definitely this cannot be electrically powered or so. So you really still need to burn rocket fuel. But uh, there are for sure lots of lots of applications on the actual vehicles. Um, I know that you know in the past nasa used uh, fuel cells which is another electrochemical concept you know related to batteries i would say on their apollo missions and i'm sure you know on spacex uh, rockets the crew cabins and so on there are lots of battery-powered applications and in fact um you know on all of our conferences there's always representatives from uh, agencies like nasa and they report on these very Crazy batteries that need to be able to operate on Mars, let's say in a rover, they need to withstand ultra cold, but also ultra hot temperatures. And they have some really interesting problems to solve uh, with regards to battery technology.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I guess one episode that actually has come out of this podcast was with Arad from um, Galaxia, and they do the satellite stuff. Oh. Um, trying to find, make like, cheaper satellites and all of those applications that remind me of that because they were talking about all the different ways that things have to function in space and trying to do that cheaply and everything. Um, and there may be a Space Systems Engineer episode coming out at some point. Oh, that
1: uh, was very
0: cool. That. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. so, yeah, for sure. They need like solar panels and batteries, I guess, for their satellites. So this is another super cool application.
0: Do you have any advice for anybody listening who might be interested in doing the kinds of things that you do? Um, Maybe chemistry research or physics research or stuff with cars or batteries or whatever.
1: Well, I would say it's definitely always uh, possible to just you know come visit us at Dalhousie University. Um, We do have high school students. We have uh, summer internships for students who just want to. You know, check out what we do in our labs. And then as a piece of advice, I would say, you know, it's always good to, I guess, be curious about, you know, what you're uh, actually dealing with when you have a piece of technology in your hand. You know, sometimes we take this totally for granted that we have, you know, mobile phones that have all these amazing capabilities that we, you know, didn't have, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. And there's a lot, you know, you can find out Um, by just being curious, asking people, researching on the internet how stuff works. But yeah, I mean, people are always welcome for sure, you know, to just visit us in our labs and see what we do.
0: Yeah. And I'll say that if you're a little bit younger and can't apply for like a high school internship yet or something at Dalhousie, there's also things like Supernova, which is what we do. And we have science camps and stuff where sometimes They get visits from researchers, or they get to go see labs and stuff as well. So that's something you could look at, too, if you were ever interested in visiting Dalhousie. Yeah, if not, you can learn so much from just being curious and looking at things online. Oh, I did have one question. Are you allowed to talk about the experiment that you're very excited to go look at after this? Sure. Or is it confidential? No,
1: I'm definitely allowed to talk about it.
0: What are you so excited to go see?
1: So this is um, my student Sebastian, who is working on something super exciting. So sometimes with batteries, it's a problem that if you just let them sit around, then actually they don't hold their charge. So they do a process which we call self discharge. That's um, pretty bad and we want to avoid that because imagine you park your car and then you maybe take a flight, come back one week later, and the battery was full, but then when you come back, it's only 80 percent or something like that. That would be a drastic example of self-discharge. It's actually not as bad as that. But um, we're trying to find out why this is happening in battery cells. You know, that's one of our goals to like eliminate these uh, so-called failure modes. So Sebastian, what he did is um, he analyzed the liquid electrolyte, which is which is in batteries. So you know the batteries always have a positive side a negative side and then there is a liquid in the batteries that allows the ions the lithium ions to move back and forth so he takes out as much as he can of this liquid puts it into a machine which tells uh, him the chemical composition so which molecules are in there so we found a molecule which is not supposed to be in there <laughs> so it's a suspect molecule. Um, which really made us curious uh, it seems that this is formed chemically in the cell and now we extracted this molecule and put it into uh, another battery cell and we want to see if if we inject it in this battery cell if it also does this bad self-discharge reaction that we want to avoid so this is a way for us to find out um, about aging modes and then hopefully in the future we can improve the batteries by you know, creating this understanding first of what's happening and then fixing it.
0: Wow. So it sounds like you may have found the source of like a big problem. And had anybody had anybody found this before that you know of?
1: Not to our knowledge. So this is probably the first time that, you know, people find these so-called redox shuttle molecules in this type of battery cells that could be really responsible for self-discharge. And it's really like uh, detective work a little bit, you know? So we're very excited that we finally found this molecule and hopefully it can give us the answer to how to eliminate the self discharge reaction that the batteries sometimes do.
0: That's super cool. I'm very excited to find out what you find out as well. I'll have to um, look it up once you figure it out. Well, next but... time I
1: come on the podcast, I can tell you if it was uh, the molecule or if it was just, if we were on the wrong track.
0: Yeah, we'll have the follow-up episode. Exactly. Um, Hey, that's science happening in real time. That's actually very cool. That's right, exactly.
1: exactly. You're doing
0: the detective work as we're recording this podcast. Well, thank you so much again for joining me.
1: My pleasure, Jessica, it was fun.
0: Um, And I'll let you go figure out what's happening with your experiment here. (laughs) And as always, a big, big thank you to everybody listening. For more science fun, you can check out our past episodes at bit.ly forward slash what do scientists do, or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at scientists do Do you have a question that you'd like answered by an expert? Send us an email or a voice recording at whatdoscientistsdo at superstaff.ca and we might answer your question on the show. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now! This show was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.